at Solid Rock Church, we are not afraid to speak to demon spirits and call them out. We're about to break some... I don't know what's going on with you. Devil, you come out of this microphone. We're about to break some generational curses over your family, over your neighborhood, over this city, over this state, over this nation. There is a cloud that has been over this nation too long. There, this nation has been infected. This nation has been sick underlying sickness. You ever known somebody, or maybe you're that guy, that you'll battle sickness, but anytime anybody asks you how you're doing, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And a lot of times it's faith. I understand that. A lot of times it's just faith. Calling those things are not as though they were. But sometimes it's just flat out denial. Sometimes you want you don't want to deny, or you're denying, and you don't want to admit that on the inside you are dying. You are decaying. You are shriveling up. But to everyone else, you tell them you're okay. I'm telling you for too long. We have thought this nation, we have thought the state of the church is okay. We've been good with singing our three songs, taking up offering, getting three points in a poem from our pastor, getting out by 12 o'clock, eating at the Mexican restaurant, going about our day and feeling good about ourselves. But God is not happy with the state of where we are at right now. Oh, if I don't have nobody helping me, I'm still going to preach. But it would help me if I could get a church that would help me preach. I want to tell you something. The other day, I'm 52 years old, and I can't believe it took me this long. But I killed my first rattlesnake. That thing was massive. It was about that long. I, trust me, I was thinking, and I was looking for mama. I didn't find mama, but I looked at him. I saw that old beady head, that, that triangle-looking head they tell you to look for. I saw them eyes. And then I looked down, and I heard. I'm going to tell you something. If y'all ain't never heard that sound, I don't care how big they are. When you hear you start telling yourself, because before I'm telling you, I told you I'm 52 years old, and a lot of times I've killed snakes, and I told everybody it was a rattlesnake. I was convinced it was a rattlesnake because I could hear something rattling, but it was just a, a chicken snake. But I could hear it inside of me. That's how I feel about snakes. But when the real deal what in front of me, I'm thinking, I need to let him go because they say snakes can strike you in less than a blink of an eye. And I know this one ain't no chicken snake. I don't care if it's a baby, it's got baby poison. And I'm thinking, baby poison or mama poison, poison is poison. And he might have baby fangs, but he got fangs. 
And the moment I go forward with that shovel, I start playing these scenarios in my head. But then my wife was standing next to me and my chest poked out and said, protect her. Actually, that's not the way it went. The way it went was my, my wife called me on the phone and said, hey, you need to get over here. I've got a rattlesnake cornered. And I was like, you got a what? She goes, yeah, it's up here. It's right in front of me. I believe it's a rattlesnake. Come on up here when you can. She was so calm and collected, sitting on the lawnmower looking at a rattlesnake. I'm like, I got this, baby. Don't worry. I killed that bad boy. And I ain't going to lie to you. I know some of y'all love snakes. I'm praying for you. And I'm going to tell you something. We just happened to have a fire going, burning limbs. I cut his head off. And his head, I'm telling you, that head was about that big. It was by itself. And it was still trying to bite me. The body was gone. I threw the body in the fire. The body starts dancing in the fire. The head's by itself. It's been by itself for several minutes. I'm putting the shovel down there, and the head is still trying to bite me. You want to tell me that's cute and cuddly? And I said to myself, Holy Spirit said to me, the church is snake bitten. That's all I heard. That's all I heard. I told my wife, hey, that's how that thing looked. That's an actual rattlesnake. It's about 10% of that size, but it looked like that. I told my wife, I said, we're getting, we're headed to vacation. I said, I'm telling you right now what I'm preaching. She said, what are you preaching? I said, the church is snake bitten. She said, my God, I love that. Give me a little bit about what it's about. I said, I don't have a clue. She said, you don't even have your first point. You don't have nothing. I said, no, I can't make up something. I'm telling you, all I know is God told me the church is snake bitten, and he's going to tell me the rest. And he did. I'm telling you right now, over the next few weeks, I got a word like I ain't never preached. I'm telling you right now, I got a revelation on something that in 25 years of pastoring this church, I ain't never preached it. I saw something last night that I ain't never seen in Scripture in 25 years of studying. And where I'm about to go, you're really going to be surprised because those that know me know I've preached probably 30% or more, probably more of all my messages from the same place, the first three chapters of the book of Genesis. Somebody say, snake bit. Now, we have been snake bitten as a world, not just as a nation, but as humanity. Almost from the beginning. See, God, you gotta, you gotta understand the magnitude of what I'm about to say. We are God's idea. Did you hear what I just said? We are God's idea. God came up with an idea to have fellowship 
on a level that he had never experienced in all of his existence, which is eternity. He had angels who were created beings, but angels did not have fellowship with the Creator. They simply served the, the Creator. So God, and this blows my mind, desired fellowship. So he, he could not have fellowship with the angels because of how he created them to be, you know, in, to, for him to charge them with things to do. So he had an idea created in the creative mind of God. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to invent something that I've never invented. I'm going to make something, create something that I've never created. I am going to create something that will be known as humans. Now listen, this is how God's mind works. But before I create the ultimate idea of what I need and what I want, I have to create the entire environment in which that creation will exist. I can't create it first and then let it just do what it does and find out what it needs and then make what it needs as a result of what I see that it needs. I know what it needs because I'm the one that's creating it. So therefore, before I ever create my companionship, I have to create and invent and do something that's never been done just for him. Are y'all hearing me? So, he not only made the earth, he not only made the trees and water and food and nourishment for us. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. He also, listen, y'all ain't known how to think this and you may not agree with me, that's okay. He made the stars for us. He made the galaxies that we cannot see for us. How does that make sense? Because he created them because he knew we needed something to be intrigued by, to push us to learn more outside of our natural boundaries. Are y'all hearing me? He made it all. For us, every tree, every spring, every river, every raindrop, every glass blade, grass blade, every tree, every piece of bark, every speck of dirt, every seashore, every sand grain. He made it all for us. Is that incredible? And he did it all first. Then he made man. Now, I've preached this a hundred times, 
that God always creates the environment first and then calls the thing that the environment is going to sustain out of the environment for it to be sustained. He made the water, then he spoke to the water and said, let the fish come forth. He made the air, he spoke to the air and said, let the birds fly. He made the dirt and he spoke to the dirt and said, let the plants come forth. He spoke to the dirt and said, let the animals come forth. Because whatever is going to sustain the creation has to come out of the sustenance. So in the flesh side of man, he knew that the flesh side of man would be sustained by what grows in the ground or walks on the ground. Are you hearing me? So he made flesh from the dust of the earth. But man was not alive until he breathed into his nostrils. Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. Let us give them dominion. Over all the fish, over all the fowl of the air, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, man will have dominion. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He made it all for us. When it came time for us to truly understand what would sustain us in the spirit realm, nothing in the natural realm can sustain us in the spirit realm. So he didn't speak to the dirt, didn't speak to the water, didn't speak to the air. He spoke to himself. And he pulled our spirit man out of himself and breathed it into that lifeless body so that when the spirit, when spiritual things happen and there is no answer in the flesh, we know that our environment of sustenance is not of this world. Come on, somebody. We are looking for spiritual answers in the natural. It's impossible. This world has does not have the answer to the spiritual infection and poison that has been snake bitten into this nation and this world. The answer is not in the natural. Because we have not been bitten in the natural. The natural poison that you see infecting our nation and our world is a reflection of the spiritual snake bite. Am I still your pastor? So here's one of the coolest things in all of Scripture. That a lot of times if you're just doing your Bible reading and you're starting at the beginning of the year and you're reading Genesis, you will read right over it and miss the powerfulness of this. It's found in Genesis chapter 2, and it's dealing with the end of creation, dealing with man. So he made everything. He, he spoke everything into existence. Remember that? And he said, let there be light. And he said. But then he made man, right? But look at what it, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man in whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of that garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The thing that you read over is that God spoke trees into existence. He spoke water into existence. Are y'all hearing me? He spoke fruit and vegetables into existence in the first six days, the first five days of creation. But yet, even though he spoke everything into existence, he took the time to actually plant a garden. 
instead of speaking the garden. How many knows he had every power and every right to just speak the garden and let there be a garden? Because he just got through saying, let there be trees, let there be dirt. Are y'all with me? But he comes down. I want you to get a picture of God. God comes down and manually, physically pulls the dirt back. Takes the seeds from that which grows in, those, in the trees. By the way, the Bible tells us in heaven there are trees, there are rivers, there are water. Everything that's down here is up there. That's where he got the seed. And he begins to sow seed. He begins to plant a garden. There is no man in the garden. The Bible says he plants it and then he causes it to grow. He brings rain. He brings sun. We have no idea how long this took. Doesn't matter. All that matters is that there was a section of land here on this earth that God said the dirt beneath that ground has already been spoken into existence. But now I'm going to step onto that spot. I'm going to mark off some boundaries here, and I'm going to call this my garden. And I'm going to plant everything that grows on this ground. And But it wasn't just a special place of planting. He planted some really unique plants in that garden. There was two particular things that were planted in that garden that were not found anywhere else on the world in the world. Two trees. He said in that garden, now you got to understand this because you may have never heard a preacher say this. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil were planted in the garden. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Y'all going to get that later. In other words, the tree of life came from a seed. The tree of knowledge of good and evil came from a seed. And he plants them. And what, Now, of course, he could have supernaturally made them grow immediately, but it started from a plant because he planted it. It caused them to grow. Now, watch this. Out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow. Notice, he didn't say he planted trees. He made the trees grow. So, we don't know how, what size, listen to me, the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was when God put Adam in it, the garden. It just said he caused the trees to grow. In the midst of the garden, watch this. That is pleasant for sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in the midst of the garden. So, in other words, we don't know. We automatically picture in our mind full grown trees bearing fruit. And then man's placed in there, and God says, you see that tree? You can eat of that tree. You see that tree? You can't eat of that tree, for in the day that you eat of that tree, you surely die. Who knows? It may be that case. But I can tell you, it could also be the case that it was two saplings. Woo, y'all ain't never heard this. Now, listen closely. 
to the instruction that God gives man and woman in the garden when he places them there. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. Stop. Wait a minute. Hold that scripture up there. I want us to read the next five words out together. I'm going to read the first part, and I'm going to stop at Eden, and everybody else is going to read out loud what comes after Eden. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden all together to tend and keep it. Wow. Y'all thought they just put him in there to eat. To tend and keep it. In other words, prune, water. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, this is the only part we ever really pay attention to. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat of it you shall surely die. Is this microphone still working? Can you all still hear me? Alright, so here it is. We don't know. We have no idea how long of a time it was. From the time they were placed in the garden until the time of the fall of man. We have no idea. He lived to be over 900 years old, Adam. See, we automatically think because of Cain and Abel in our little nursery rhyme books that we had about Cain and Abel, we see two teenage boys. One teenager kills the other teenager. Can I tell you something going to blow your mind? It's very possible that when Cain killed Abel, they could have been several hundred years old. We don't know. In that day and time, that's how long they lived. So from the time that God put man in the garden to the time they fell, they had a command. I'm putting you in this garden to tend it and to keep it. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. In other words... All the trees are your responsibility. But he made a point to point out two trees. It is your responsibility to tend to, take care of, keep, protect the tree of life. Can I get an amen? But wait a minute. Also, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just because they can't eat it doesn't mean they ain't supposed to tend it and keep it. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Now, why was it so bad to eat from that tree? Listen to me. It wasn't just because of the fruit that was on that tree. It was because of what was in that tree. See, 
I know this is going to mess up y'all's theology. And I know this is going to mess up your image of God. But God put the snake in the tree. He was there from the beginning. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. <laughs> Woo! See, God put something in the garden that doesn't make sense to our minds when we think about it. He put a serpent in that garden. He put a poisonous snake in a garden that he planted. He put a poisonous snake in a particular tree. Notice that snake can't live in the tree of life. As long as you a life giver, as long as you eating the fruit of the tree of life, you ain't got to worry about that snake. Because that snake don't live in the tree of life. Huh? Good God, I told you I got a word. That snake has been a part of mankind, listen to this, from before the beginning of mankind. Did he not create the creatures on the earth? Then he breathed into man and told man, how about this one? Told man, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth is supposed to be under your foot. He was trying to tell him from that very beginning command. Every creature, including that old serpent that you're about to come in contact with, is supposed to be beneath you. And as long as you see yourself above that snake, you don't need to worry about that snake. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Now I want you to know something. Can I preach just a little bit more? God gave Adam and Eve from the beginning a way to deal with the snake. God simply said this. You are placed in the garden Every tree you can eat of, freely, it's good for food. Now watch this. Every tree is good for food. What he was trying to say is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has fruit on it that looks just as good as the tree of life. Every tree is up to the eye good for food. But you don't understand it yet, but listen to me. Of that tree, do not eat the fruit of that tree no matter how good it looks. Let's read on. I'm going to show you what's happened to this country. I'm going to show you what's happened to the church. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent, or snake, was more cunning than any beast in the field, let's read the rest, which the Lord God had made. 
Remember, let's back up. Remember I told you, God had an idea. He said, I want to be a companion with my creation. But before I make him, I've got to make everything he needs for him to be what I need him to be. Y'all ain't going to like what I'm about to say. In order for us to truly need Jesus, we needed a devil. We would have never chosen God if we didn't have to face the effects of snake bitten. Huh? If everything in that garden was perfect and there was nothing that was going to fight the will of God in the lives of Adam and Eve, this is what God, this is my opinion, gospel according to Larry. I, I could just see the, the nature of this. God is saying, I don't want somebody wanting to be with me that, don't, that, that hadn't chose to be with me. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen? I don't want, I've already got angels that are flying around me because I told them to fly around me. I want somebody to want to be with me because they chose me. See some of y'all like, your microphone's too loud. The music's too loud. We got it this loud because in the spirit realm, there's 500 people in here right now. So I'm trying to get you ready for what it's going to sound like when every pew is full. Get over how loud I am right now and listen to what I'm saying. And he said to the woman, that stupid serpent, Listen to what he said. Has God indeed said, you shall need of, not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It makes me want to, oh, sorry. Okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to miss it if I don't read it again. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Right? And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Hold up. Why would the serpent say that? Unless there had been a long going, continuing conversation preceding what is recorded in Scripture, where in every instant that the serpent tempted him, he was he had a reply from Eve saying, wait a minute, I hear what you're saying, but God told us we can't eat of this tree. In other words, it don't just imply, it is very obvious that she had said that to the serpent many, 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 many times. Or else why would he say, has God really said? Because it don't lead with her saying, oh, we can't eat of this tree. It leads with the serpent saying, did he really say that? So I'm telling you, one of the biggest problems that the people in the church and the people of God have is they got little things like they say, well, you know, I tell you what, I was serving God, and then this happened, and I just sort of fell. No, you didn't fall. 
You don't fall into sin when you're a true son or daughter of God. You have been making decisions along the way. Oh, oh come on. I heard, I remember Rod Parson one time saying, fell into sin, fell into sin. You didn't fall into sin. You went and hired a backhoe. You dug a hole in the back of your yard, big as a swimming pool. You hired a contractor. You filled it full of concrete. You built a high dive. You went and got a swimsuit on. You got on top of the high dive. You bounced about five times, done a swan dive into sin and come up out of the water and said, oh, Jesus, forgive me, I fell into sin. We've got this image of all of a sudden one day, Eve just gets hungry and messes up all humanity. No, 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 this was a process, y'all. Because of not what, the, what was on the tree, but what was in the tree. Has God indeed said you shall not eat every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Now watch it. You'll miss it. But of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, this one, God has said, you shall not eat it, stop, true, right, comma, nor shall you even touch it. Did he say that? No. In fact, he told him to touch it. He told him to tend it and to keep it. Then how did we get here? Somewhere along the way, Adam and Eve made a decision on their own to no longer tend and keep good and evil. When you no longer take care of truth and lies, when you no longer deal with sin and holiness, you cannot tell the two apart. Somewhere along the way, because they stopped doing what God told them to do, they didn't know where good started and evil stopped. Where evil stopped and good started. Are y'all hearing me? I'm telling you, somewhere along the way, they convinced themselves that they heard God say, we can't eat it, we can't even touch it. But God didn't say that. God said, I want your hands on it. You got authority over it. I want you to know what is good, and I want you to know what is evil. But just don't eat. I'm going to tell you something. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the whole nation needs to hear this message. The whole nation needs to hear this message. Somewhere along the way, we as a people, we as a nation, we as a church have stopped tending the truth. We have stopped keeping the truth. We have chosen our own path and we are blaming the devil for something that we did ourselves. Some of y'all rebuking the devil for what's going on in our nation and the devil's looking at you and saying, hey dude, I didn't do this, you did.
nor shall you touch it. Lie. How about this? Maybe she didn't even think it was a lie. She had been listening to the snake for so long, she was no longer listening to God. And I'm going to tell you something about the snake. The snake, that old serpent, the devil, is really good at making his voice sound like God. I can't tell you the times over the years I've heard people say, well, you know, I felt the Lord was telling me this. And when they tell me what they felt like the Lord was telling them, it ain't even biblical. When I was a young preacher, I just sort of let it go and go home and talk to my wife about it. But somewhere along the way, I just started looking at people and going, that ain't of God. God didn't tell you that. Do you not know this scripture? Blah, 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 blah. Direct, refuting what you just said. That wasn't God. Lest you die. Then the snake said to the woman, I want you to picture this. He's called back. For the first time in the history of creation, he sees an open door. Because let me tell you something about the devil. Let me tell you something about that snake. He knows the word of God better than all of us. He knows it better than all of us. He knows it because he masters at twisting it. He heard her quote God word for word and then add to the word of God. And when you add to the word of God, that is like an open door to the devil. He's like, yeah, that's right. That's what the Bible says. Keep preaching, preacher. Yeah, that's it. That's a good word. He'll encourage you and sound like it's God. Oh, yeah, that's what he said. You're right, you're right. He said you're not even supposed to touch it. But I've been watching you for a long time. You ain't done it in a while, but I've watched you. And I've been in this tree from the beginning. I've seen you touching it. So you've already really messed up. So, so let me help you. <sighs> then the serpent said to the because he saw she was worried about dying. That open door was what he responded to. You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. And you will be like God. Watch this. Knowing good and evil. Because this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and it was a tree desirable to make one wise, hold up a second. At that point, when she made the decision that this tree was good for food. Wait a minute. She didn't have the right to make that decision. God had already told her that. He had already said it's good. You can eat it. It's, it's edible. Just don't eat it. Just because something's edible don't mean you need to eat it. 
I'm not denying that it's edible. Just don't eat it. But she all of a sudden thinks she just realized that she could eat it. Here's where it messed up. When she was tending it, oh, y'all ain't going to like this. When she was keeping it, but she couldn't eat it, she got mad. Adam got mad because I tend to every other tree and I can eat from it by the time I get through working on it. Why can't I work on this one? I'm the one that gets up at 4 o'clock every morning and drives to work. I'm the one that has to deal with that boss down there. I'm the one that has to deal with traffic. I'm the one. I'm the one. My name is on the check and some preacher going to make me feel bad because I don't pay my tithes. He don't know what I'm going through. He ain't the one that had to get up and work for it. And the Lord is saying, wait a minute. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm the reason you got that job, honey. You don't get to hold back on me just because your name's on the check. So she made a decision. Well, I guess this tree is good for food after all. But that decision was made as a result of the snake bite. And that snake bite was this. I know what God said. But you don't know him like I do. I know what he said. But let me help you know what he meant. Be weary of anybody that tries to tell you what God meant. I'm not telling you that people can't ever give you revelation and people can't ever give you understanding. But just be naturally cautious when you hear somebody say, well, yeah, I know what the Word of God says. Let me tell you what I think he means. Now, he may be right, but he may be wrong, including pastors. I've always encouraged my people. I preach it because I believe it, but you ain't got to believe it because I believe it. And check up on me. Go read the Bible for yourself. Don't believe this just because Pastor Larry told you this. I want you to believe it because you believe it. Can I get an amen? Why did she say that? Why? Here's the poison. Here's the poison that was injected into her bloodstream. When she says it's desirable to make one wise, that's her way of saying she receives the word of the snake that says when you eat of this, what God really meant was that you would know what he knows and you would be just like him and equal with him. So he's, his, by not eating of this tree, for you not understanding not just good but also evil, that's his way of keeping his thumb on you. 
But when you eat this fruit, I'm telling you, oh, y'all ain't going to like what I'm about to say. And I hope some of y'all done shouted me down the whole message, and I may lose you right here. I'm not kidding. I may lose you. It's, your, it's his way of keeping you and telling you that you are asleep. told you. Some of y'all want to get up and leave right now, but if you do, everybody look at you. I'm not, I'm not coming against anybody that says they woke. But if you are woke, awake to the things of the world and being led by the knowledge of the world only, you are still asleep. Because you don't really know what's going on. You need to be woke to what's going on out there. But if that's the only thing you woke to, you ain't woke. I'm telling you, it's time for the church to get woke. It's time for the church to open up their eyes and see there's a spiritual battle going on. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There is a God to serve and a devil to reject. There is spiritual warfare in high places going on. Principalities over cities that has been there for years. When the church stands up and finally realizes what is going on, then we're going to wake up. I think I got you back. Praise God. I'm almost through. Here's the thing. She took of its fruit and ate. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ain't your sermon series called Snake Bit? Shouldn't it be? And the snake bit her. And then she brought the hand of her husband up there. He bit her. That's not how the devil bites. Let me tell you something. It'd be easy to fight the devil if he showed up as a snake. Huh? When I look down at that little baby rattlesnake, I'm telling you, I don't care. Some of you just love snakes. I got some friends that just love all kinds of snakes. I did not feel warm and fuzzy. I did not look down. Even, listen, when I look, I look y'all going to judge me? Y'all going to blow me up? I know. But when I look at a chicken snake, a rat snake. I know you done told me a thousand times that they helped kill the poisonous snakes and they kept keep the rats out of my house. But I, I still look at that snake and go, my God, that's a snake. I don't love this snake. I'm sorry, it's a snake. Come on, Hutch. Kill them all. Watch this. If a snake in the middle of the night, regardless of what kind of snake it was, you creep down to the kitchen to get you a bite of that cake, trying to be quiet so that you don't get judged because you're supposed to be on keto. Come on, y'all. And you almost to the, you're almost to the refrigerator. And you open up that refrigerator. And in the place of cake is a snake. You ain't going to reach down and pick up that snake. But 
if before you ever got there, the snake slid over to the piece of cake, opened up its mouth, and injected its poison into the cake. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. And then left, and you opened it up, and you ate the cake. You ate the poison. So see, the, the fruit that Eve took to eat was on the branch next to the mouth of the serpent who had prepared that piece of fruit that even though it looked good to the eyes, had no idea that the fruit was injected with poison. The Bible says, those that sow to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. But those that sow to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. The outside of that fruit looked good, but on the inside it was dying. What was the fruit? It was rebellion. It was pride. Now watch this. I'm closing. Before she ever, before you ever judge woman, because I know some of y'all been like me over the years, you'd be like, be out to the side, it'd be a bad day, bad stuff going on, you'd be like, Bless God, Eve, why'd you have to eat that fruit? None of this would be happening for you. But here's the thing. At least she was bold enough to talk to the devil. Because I got news for you. Adam was a coward. He was literally sitting back right behind her, listening to the whole conversation, watching to see if she would die. Huh? If she killed over and died, he's going to be like, I rebuke you, snake, you foul, tormenting devil of hell. God told me not to eat of this tree, and I'll never eat of this tree, you tormenting spirit of pits of hell. But she didn't die like he thought, like they both thought God meant. So he's like, hmm. All of a sudden, he watched the countenance of Eve. She went, probably afraid, probably shaking because she knew what she was doing was diametrically opposed to what the creator of the universe had told her not to do. This is it. I know what he said. I know what the snake said. I know what I feel in my heart. I just feel like I feel like it's, it's the right thing. <laughs> Give it to me. She turns to give it to Adam. <laughs> Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Their eyes was open. They knew they were naked. They were already naked. But they didn't know they were naked because they were clothed in the glory of God. snake venom. They were infected with the poison of sin. And our blood 
we have the tainted blood of the snake bite of the garden to forgive you for. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes not but to kill, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the infection of the snake bite. Steal, kill, and destroy. He stole the moment he bit them through the fruit. Because the only reason a snake bites you is to inject the poison. So the, so the serpent was happy that the poison of pride got in there. Even if he didn't get credit for the bite, it was still his poison. Listen. So when he bit them through the poison, still killing the story, remember? John 10, 10. What did he do? At the very moment, all three manifested. He stole their dominion and their birthright from Genesis 1, 26. He killed them. At that moment, their bodies began to decay and they would eventually die. They also died spiritually. Injected into them a spirit that had never existed, the spirit of murder that would be passed down from their loins into their own children. And Cain would rise up and kill his own brother. Kill them. At that moment, he killed them. At that moment, before they ever had children, he killed their children. He killed us. It's important that a man wants to die. We all die because of this bite still kill and destroy he destroyed their life as they knew it in the garden God would no longer walk with man in the cool of the day they would be kicked out of the very garden that God with his own hands planted for them and placed them in and would put a, a flaming sword in the hand of an angel standing at the gate in the spirit realm barring them from ever coming back in the garden he destroyed why we preach it serious. But if you only knew what it was coming in the next few weeks, you think this is a revelation. You ain't heard what God told me this week. But God. Hey! See? Every poisonous snake has something called venom. And every doctor, nurse, scientist, biologist that knows of a poisonous species of serpent in the history of studying them have all did something that you got to have a special call in your life to do. Capture the most venomous snakes in the world. Put something around their neck and hold them so they can't get away and make them bite down on a jar and through that little fabric on the top of that jar them teeth come in and that jar just fills up with what could kill them just like that why do they do that because it's the only way to make 
the antivenom. You better be back next week because I'm going to show you something's going to blow your mind. Get up on your feet and praise him right now. Come on, give God some praise up in this house. Give him some praise up in this house. Hallelujah. You better share this video if you're watching online. Everybody here, when you get home and you share it, you tag people. Let's make this message go viral. Invite people to come to church with you next week. Tell them, wear their masks. Come in and sit in the section by themselves. They ain't got to shake anybody's hand. They ain't got to do anything. We just want them to be in the house with them. We're going to do the best we can to make them safe. But ultimately, the church is back, baby. I'm telling you, we got the answer. And we are awake to the things of the spirit realm. Everybody just remain standing. It's been a long time since I did what I'm about to do. But I think it's time. If you're here today and there is sin in your life and you know your heart is not where it needs to be with God, whether you've never served God or you have and you've allowed the circumstances of life to pull you away in your relationship with God and you're ready for somebody to lead you in a prayer, that's going to be the antidote. That's going to change you from living a life of poison to a life of life and not from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and death. If you want to pray that prayer, if you want to come, we'll spread out all the way around it. But I want you to come and stand up at this altar. Come all the way up. Come on. If that's you, come on up here. Let me pray with you. Let me pray with you before we go. If you're watching online, I want you to get ready to pray. Thank you, sir. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for people being obedient to God in the house of God.